And welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and my guest today is returning uh, for, I believe, like the third time, and I'm really glad that he's joining us again, Reverend Paul Nugent. He is with the uh, Aetherius Society, uh, and we are going to talk about some interesting uh, topics. And uh, Paul, I want to welcome you back to our program. It's great. It's always great to have you on the program. We have great conversation. Yeah, we do indeed. Thank you very much, Richard. I always uh, look forward to it. Yeah, and we're we're going to talk about <clears throat> specifically. We're going to talk about three different topics, uh, but it could go just about anywhere, as as you know, Paul. Mm. <laughs> uh, you are also a reverend. Uh, under what uh, uh, shall we say? Under what banner sh- uh, shall we put that reverendship under? Well, you can put it under the banner of uh, the Aetherius Church. We are, we are a church. We've been um, <coughs> incorporated here in the state of California since 1960. In fact, we just commemorated a few days ago on November the 22nd, our whatever, 61st anniversary. Wow. And uh, I was ordained into um, the Aetherius ch- churches uh, in 1992, I think. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a long time. I, I uh, have been a reverend for about uh, 10 years, 11, I guess, this year, uh, only because I was reminded by the Universal Life Church online that, uh, congratulations, you are celebrating your 10th anniversary. I'm going, oh, yeah, I remember signing up for that. And I, ha- I found the certificate on my wall the other day. I'm going, uh-huh. How could I forget? It's right there. <laughs> well, good for them and good for you. Well, I figured, uh, you know, with with uh, considering myself a metaphysician uh, in that respect, uh, it can't hurt. So I go by Reverend Dr. D. The Dr. D was given to me some years ago by uh, people, and I kind of use that as my uh, moniker for being an audio physician. I do archival work as well. Um, and uh, I like the Reverend part because I'm not going to say that it, it gives me any kind of legitimacy necessarily, although... Uh, I'm sure you have been studying for many, many years the ancient wisdom teachings, as well as the teachings of what is now the Aetherius Society. I'm curious as to, uh, and then we're going to get into our subject here, I'm curious as to uh, that particular path in your life and how how you have, um, how your view of not only the outer world, but even your inner world has changed over the decades. Well, inevitably, I think, um, for anybody who uh, is sort of paying attention and, and is engaged in life, um, <clears throat> you know, there's a wonderful saying, everything changes and why pretend otherwise? And, I, you know, that's, that's the nature <clears throat> of, of our being here. I think everything does change. And it's a matter of uh, molding and adapting oneself uh, not to be held up by those changes, but to continuously learn and to grow. And um, that's that's been my journey, um, much like yours, I'm certain, and, and like hopefully most people who, who are making the most. I mean, I, I think, you know, we're going to get into sort of reincarnation later on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it is this, in a sense, endless, timeless journey that we're all on. But being here uh, is incredibly important and incredibly precious. It's it's a it's it's our opportunity to learn and to grow and um, not to waste uh, in in what, at the end of the day, are perhaps frivolous things. But anyway, we'll leave that for later, Richard. Well, I will tell you that the three co- t- topics that we are going to discuss on this particular program. Oh. 
we can talk with uh, talk about them individually, but in a manner of speaking, they are inseparable. Uh, they're like the three points on a triangle, if you will. Uh, I fully concur with that. Yeah. I'm very glad you said that. Yeah. I would have otherwise you, had you to can't. say it myself. <laughs> you can't have one without the other two. It's, you it's, can't. You yeah. can't. And it's. I, I'm going to start. Um, with uh, what we, I think we talked about a little bit, we alluded to it in our, our last program. And by the way, folks, if you missed our last two programs, he's been on twice. This is his third visit to Tell Me Your Story. Uh, you need to go to SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher. You can also go to YouTube where you can watch these interviews as well. And just look up Reverend Paul Nugent and the Ethereus Society. Uh, they're there. Uh, you can find them. Not a problem. Just go to the Tell Me Your Story uh, uh, a channel on YouTube. Just make sure you go to the right one. Uh, it's the one with the guy with the black hat. There is another one there, but um, it's, it's nothing like this program, I guarantee you. I want to start with the discussion uh, of the juxtaposition between, and this is, it's real interesting, between free will and uh, pre uh, predestiny, if you will. Uh, and uh, I think about this from this context. On the one hand, we are told, we are told that we have free will, that all, all of the choices that we make are independent of everybody else or anything else, that our minds decide what it is. We create these choices that we make. And of course, we talk about that about on this program about giving people choices and knowledge of those choices. Then there's the other aspect of it where I talk about um, judgment day, for example, and standing before God, if, if you believe in that particular aspect of the philosophy of Christianity. And I say, okay, on the one hand, a God, I have two points. Okay. Number one is uh, there is nothing I can say at this point that's going to change your mind or the rules. So you're going to send me wherever I go. So there's really nothing more for me to say. But point two is uh, I did the very best with the life that I was given. And if that is not good enough, once again, it's already been predetermined because you're omnipotent, omniscient and omnipresent. You knew and actually you set all of this up before the beginning of time. And again, this is based upon the philosophy. And so really, uh, I was just a pawn. I was just a puppet. And I, I, I often use the analogy of uh, someone who says, I just want to do God's will. And they're holding it in their hands and they toss it in the air. And God catches it, crushes it down into the size of a baseball and hurls it back and hits that person in the forehead and says to that person, then do something with the life I gave you. You are not a puppet on a string being manipulated by forces you do not understand. So you've got these two uh, um almost diametrically opposed concepts. You can't have predestination and free will, can you? Well, <clears throat> the word you used um, <clears throat> earlier on there, uh, Richard, was juxtaposition. Uh, and I think that that uh, is the word. And I think that it's, it's a, it's a, it's, it is a conundrum. Uh, it's very similar to the conundrum, which came first, the chicken or the egg. And there are various things that, um, there are three things in particular that are, that are sort of wanting to come out of my 
head anyway at this point. Uh, one is uh, uh, one of my favorite lines from, from Shakespeare. I'm, unfortunately, I tend to quote Shakespeare a lot. I apologize for that. No worries. But He's got he, some great stuff. He, he, he does. And, and one of them, uh, which is from the play Hamlet, is there's a divinity which shapes our ends, rough hew them how we will. In other words, um, wherever we go, whatever we do in life, for better or for worse, there's this overriding force, which he uses the word divinity. I think it's the, the, the correct word to use, this greater um, karmic force, the will of God, whatever it is, whatever. So however we live our lives, this, there's this overriding force that's always shaping us, moving us forward or attempting to. And when we go in the wrong direction, it will be there to move us back. And when we're going in the right direction to move, help move us forward. I think that that, that is um, what is taking place. There's another, another thing that I want to say is that there is a, a growing number of philosophers um, and thinkers of all kinds, I suppose, who do actually maintain that, yes, um, we're just acting out what has already been preset. And you can't sort of blame anybody because they were destined to do it. And you can't thank or appreciate anybody because they were destined to do it. Everything, this conversation, what I'm saying now, um, what, you, you know, it is already set. It's like watching um, what's already happened just in reverse motion. Mm -hmm. And, you know, initially when I came across this, this, uh, this philosophy, um, you know, I kind of laughed at it and, and, and perhaps was too easily dismissed it. But of late um, I've sort of started to appreciate um no, the potential truth in it, the potential truth in it, but I don't, still do not uh, um, 100% adhere to it. Mm -hmm. The third thing I want to say, bring, tying this in with the Ethereum Society, I suppose, which of course was founded by a yoga master, Dr. George King, who we've discussed in our two previous programs. Um, I had the fortune to take care of Dr. George King in the latter years of his life, actually in Santa Barbara, where you are based. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember uh, one particular day he was sitting in the living room and I passed through the living room into the kitchen. And um, I obviously was moving for his liking too fast, too quickly. So he came into the kitchen, and bear in mind he was an elderly man at this point, and he said, why are you rushing? There's no rush. There's only God's time, which is now. And it's all happened anyway. And, uh, you know, it was just this very striking and remarkable statement which he's made. It's all happened anyway, which in a way you could say certainly ties into the <clears throat> argument <coughs> um, of the, the growing number of philosophers, so I understand, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> adhere to that. You know, we are just acting out what's already happened. However, I don't <clears throat> buy into that. And, I'm, and I don't, <clears throat> excuse me, I've got to clear my throat. Um, I don't think Dr. King uh, meant that either, not in its entirety. I think that um, 
there are certain inevitabilities based upon our karmic pattern that we will inevitably in one form or another uh, encounter, you know, in that sense, nothing by chance. But I think that much of the smaller stuff, uh, the sort of day-to-day incidental stuff um, is not to an entire extent, but to, to, to a large extent, free will, an action of free will in the, in the moment. But, we're, I, to, you know, to that extent, we are products of our own thinking, and um, which comes out of our past and out of what's already been predestined. So it really is this incredible conundrum that... Um, well, there's an interesting uh, element to throw in there in terms of uh, uh, the choices we've made in the past have brought us to where we are. And, of course, they say the choices that we make from this point forward will determine where we will, we will be in the future. Right. And I loved what uh, another one of my guests said. <clears throat> I quote this all the time. Uh, I throw this third element in there. Uh, the choices that you make today are based solely upon your perception of what you think the future will be. And I thought, wow. Very interesting, yeah. Yeah, and and, and, then I, and immediately what comes to mind are two different types of individuals. One who has little or no fear of the future. They're very optimistic. I'd like to consider myself that person. I feel very optimistic about the future, regardless of how it may turn out. Uh, you know, we may get hit by an asteroid and, and we're done. Where It's over. It's no big deal. You know, it's, it's the way it goes, you know, in the universe. Uh, then there are... Um, then there are others who are fearful of the future. They're afraid of, of the uh, quote-unquote impending chaos and, and all of this and shortages and on and on. And they're the, what they call preppers. And they've got these holes in the ground uh, that they've created uh, that uh, they and their family members and so forth can live in for three months, six months, nine months, a year or more, that kind of thing. And so their life revolves around making choices uh, in preparation for the apocalypse, you know, Armageddon. And I just think, man, what I would rather be living my life and doing the things that I'm doing than staying focused on something like that. I mean, I want to change the world. I don't know about you, Paul, but I want to change the world. Now, well, it's only going to be one interview at a time, but that's kind of where I'm at. Well, I'm certainly with you in terms of um, your, your ultimate optimism. And perhaps that sort of, you know, ties into what what we've been trying to say uh, of um, predestination and free will, because I think that um, it is predestined that this world will become um, what we might term the utopia, the the, the heaven, um, whatever. I think that, yes, and we're very much in the process of birthing um, this new world um, of of humanity, this this in, um, natural evolutionary process of of evolving consciousness mm-hmm. and everything that flows from that. So I think that you know you could make a case. So that new world is predetermined. That is set in the heavens with God's ink. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, how we get there. And the process uh, uh, 
it comes down to our collective free will, the choices that, that as you were saying, that, that we each make. And that they are, I would agree, um, very largely um, um, framed by our vision um, of either being pessimistic and fearful or being bold and well, um, optimistic and hopeful and positive. And um, so there I can see, you know, how these two things tie together. And I'd say that, that you know, that's a, on a macro scale, you could say. Yeah. On, on the individual scale. Uh, I think, you know, to, to really bring this down, I think, take, take my brother, who you don't know. Um, but I think my brother intuitively, instinctively always knew that he would get married and have a big house and have lots of children. And it, it, was, it, was, it was pre-known for the guy. I remember myself years and years and years ago uh, as, a, as a child, probably of age about six, and um, I used to get picked up by um, uh, uh, this other lady with her children who drove them to school we went to the same school so she would pick me up and drive me there and the youngest of the children who wasn't yet going to the school was a chap called Tom he was probably no more than two or three maybe and um, we stopped and there was a man who got also got in the car and he had he had very thick glasses and Tom started to cry and his mother said he always cries when he sees people wearing glasses. Well, I didn't see Tom for many years later. I mean, I you know, did at the time, but then gap of 10 or more years to Tom is about 16. Tom is wearing very thick glasses. And I remember the story that, you know, his mother had said to how Tom, I think that he intuitively, instinctively knew from a very young age that he would wear glasses. Mm. And I can say the same in my own life. I was at the boarding school and, and I, I remember the instant it was in, um, in the library and I was probably no more than 10 or 11 myself. And I just thought it, it was, I, I guess you could call it a sort of deja vu, deja vu uh, moment, which mm -hmm. you know, perhaps ties into some of this. Yeah. But I, at that young age, I knew that my life would be spent in some kind of uh, community. And I've been with the Aetherius study, which is very much in a sort of ashram kind of sense. I knew that, that it would be pan out that way. So these are probably past life things um, that we pick up as intuition that really we cannot alter. Yeah. If you see what I mean. Yeah. You're listening to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. And we're talking with Reverend Paul Nugent of the Ethereum Society on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you folks for being with us. I thank Paul for being with us as well, Reverend Paul Nugent. And uh, the Ethereum Society, uh, before we move on to our next subject, again, these are tied together, these three subjects. Uh, um, uh, they are not, uh, you can't have one without the other two. But I want to ask you, uh, just to give our listeners who may be joining us for the first time, haven't listened to the other two interviews yet, um, what is the Aetherius Society and what does Aetherius mean? Where, where, where does that come from as far as uh, the, the society itself? The Aetherius Society. Um, well, the Aetherius Society, um, which completely ties into 
this conversation, at least the sort of um, reincarnation aspect, you could say, and you can't have reincarnation without karma, and you can't have free will and, and predestination without those things. Um, the Aetherius Society was founded in 1955 in England by Western Master of Yoga, Dr. George King, who'd spent the previous 10 years practicing uh, various forms of yoga, uh, adv advanced forms of yoga, as well as the pranayama, breathing exercises, mantra yoga, uh, for up to uh, uh, eight hours a day over a 10-year period. He wasn't sort of dabbling in yoga. He was hitting it, you know, extremely hard. Mm -hmm. Eight hours a day. This man was fully focused, fully disciplined, um, but determined because he wanted the goal of, of yoga, yoga as you may know, being a Sanskrit word, which means union, union with everything, union with God. And um, in, in, the, in that per time period, and we're talking, as I said, 50s, like coming out of the Second World War, uh, this was very topical in recent months, anyway, time of tremendous flying saucer activity. And uh, anyway, in 1954, uh, he was contacted by an, uh, an alien intelligence, um, we believe from the planet Venus, We're talking about other dimensions here, which certainly ties into reincarnation, where do we go, higher, higher um, um, dimensions of frequency um, around this world and around the other planets. And he, in 1954, he was contacted by an intelligence going by the name of Aetherius, uh, and uh, later, well, over the following many years, Dr. King would go into what we call a positive yogic samadhic trance, uh, samadhi, highest state of consciousness uh, known to man, and be used as a medium for these, for, for beings, not a lot of them, but uh, a few, who communicated through him. Uh, over the follow well, over the remainder of his life, he passed on in 1997, and um, the, you know these were all recorded. Uh, there were over 600 of these. Um, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. You know, you you can't just oh yeah that guy yeah he took all these transmissions oh yeah cool. You've got to actually listen to it. You've got to pay attention to it. You've got to put it between your teeth. You've got to bite it. You've got to analyze it. And for myself and for those of us in the Aetherius Society, I uh, had, you know, the hallmark of not only the hallmark of truth, um, but the hallmark of uh, extremely inspirational wisdom. I would say the exact kind of wisdom that our whole world needs. It needs this bigger vision. It needs to understand these metaphysical laws of karma, reincarnation, why we're here, where we go beyond death. Do we, you know, where we go beyond this earth? These, this, this gives to humanity an utterly different perspective. And I think in terms of the birthing of a new world, which you know I mentioned earlier, but this will be how it is uh, understood. It's not with, we've got this incredibly limited, uh, restricting uh, philosophy on earth that you could, you could say, I would certainly say, is no longer working. And we need literally a bigger vision and a bigger understanding. So the Aetherius Society, yes, we bring in um, beings. Uh, we call them, refer to them as cosmic masters. They are masters. And yes, they're cosmic in that sense. Um, who communicated through Dr. King, gave, as I say, profound spiritual wisdom and understanding. Uh, and the Aetherius Society has grown up around that. 
We have been talking here with uh, Reverend uh, Paul Nugent of the Ethereum Society here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you for being with us. So our first subject, of course, had to do with the first point on the triangle was predestination versus uh, free will. And uh, just to summarize very quickly, and it's actually easy to do, uh, on the macro level, we are talking about a, 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 an aspect of predestination, that that the inevitable outcome is is already set in place. But when you bring it down to our level, as you mentioned, uh, Reverend, Reverend Paul, uh, it's uh, it's the little things, it's the details that we can choose uh, to to um, say, so to speak, get on board or not. And yet, at the same time, I have to wonder if, even if we don't get on board, uh, if maybe that isn't a part of the overall big picture, the big plan. Uh, and it's kind of what we do with this program. We we don't know what the big picture is, but what we're trying to do is uh, we're trying to glean. Uh, glimpses and little bits and pieces, other little images, like a puzzle, like a a million a million piece puzzle that we're trying to put together. And uh, you, Reverend Paul Nugent, you have one or two or three or five or ten pieces, and we're going to take those and we're going to try to fit them into our perspective on the big picture. And little by little, we start putting it together and understanding. Well, one of the other aspects we want to talk about that is tied into this aspect of free will versus predestination is karma. That's a big subject. And uh, there's a wonderful little um, uh, four word phrase that people love to use when they see people doing stuff. <laughs> for for better or worse, uh, there's a there are actually two phrases. One of them is uh, "no good deed ever goes unpunished," and the other one is uh, "karma's a bitch," as they say. Uh, and um, the the reality is that it's actually borne out in science, even in physics. Einstein he said it, and it's very clear. It doesn't always happen in the speed of light. But it does happen, and that is for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. And to me, that describes karma on a scientific level to a T, that nobody escapes uh, the good deeds or the bad deeds. The universe just has a way, as I like, I, that's how I view it, has a way of. Um, exchange. There is always an exchange. And when you're putting out, for example, negative energy, uh, and I will be honest with you, I have to bring this up. I, I don't want to be political per se, but in uh, on June 15th of 2015, when the to-be president came down that escalator and he started his diatribe in front of the media, uh, first of all, I said, I don't want to bully as a president. That was my first thought. But as he went on over the months, I said, this man is going to reap a whirlwind. You talk about karma being a bitch. Well, now he's no longer in office, and he is. He is, you know, his, his uh, uh, colleagues, if you want to call them that, they're all getting, all, getting in all kinds of trouble, and he may be next on the, on the chopping block. And that's why I say you can't be putting out that kind of energy and not expect the repercussions from the universe. And man may be used, natural disaster may be used. Um, is, that, is that a fair 
uh, uh, assessment and or awareness of what karma is and, so to speak, <laughs> does, does to us? I think, I think you put it very well, Richard. Um, you, you mentioned you know, action and reaction are opposite and equal. That's um, an under, uh, a way of putting it, I believe, is how the, the, the Lord Buddha phrased it. Uh, and of course, you know, Jesus Christ said, as you sow, so must you reap. Mm -hmm. um, Dr. King had a, had a way of putting it, which, which I like. I think it's very good indeed, um, which karma is a pressure. And it's a pressure of you, the mind, and you, the soul, towards you, the spirit. And this comes back, in, if you like, to what I was saying earlier from, from, from Hamlet. You know, there's a divinity which shapes our ends, or a few than how we will. There is this force. I, I, I dislike, I will I've put on record, I dislike the phrase, karma is a bitch. Okay. I think that's a completely <laughs> wrong un, misunderstanding. Karma isn't. Karma actually is... is um, um, the very opposite of a bitch. Um, it's it's there. It's there to teach. It's there to guide. It's there to hold all things together uh, as a as a law, as an aspect of the ultimate wholeness mm -hmm. we refer to as God. Uh, but I think, in terms of you know, I think you put it very well. I, I do think just uh, just very briefly, just to sort of go back to um, the whole free will bit, because um, I do, re you know, we, while, while we've recognized free will, what we didn't mention was divine will. And I think the divine will, if you like, is the predestination. And uh, I was sort of thinking about it as you were speaking there. Um, we're all part of, we, we're all threads that make up a rope. And our free will is when we become a sort of frayed aspect of that rope. We're part of the frayed end and we're sort of, and in, for example, we may make a choice in that free will thing. Do I have this extra beer or not? And if we're in free will mode, sure, I'll have an extra beer. And it puts us over the limit and we're in an accident. If we tap into, if you like, the divine will or our higher consciousness that is saying, Paul, no, you've got to drive home. You don't need the beer. You've had enough. When you listen to that and I don't have the beer, I'm exercising my free will, but it's more tied into that sort of divine higher intelligence that, um, and, you know, I go home and all as well. So I think that, um, anyway, that's just something to sort of throw into this uh, into this conversation. Uh, but you know, by having the extra beer, by getting involved in the accident, that was my karma. I didn't pay attention to my higher intuitive self, and had I done so, it would have brought about a very different outcome. And I can say, wrongly, karma's a bitch. No, I brought it upon myself, as you so. So shall you. So listening to higher intelligence, one's in intuition, um, is an essential navigating tool. I can't hear you. I will uh, say that after hearing your explanation, in spite of the fact that I have, um, you know, been aware of what karma is for 
decades. Um, I tend to agree with you. Matter of fact, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Uh, karma is is uh, is is not malignant. It's benign in that respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it is it it just is. And you, you can't escape it, uh, whether it's your good deeds, good thoughts, good words, good actions, or bad, if you want to put it in the dualistic concept. Um, one of the things that I've also thought about, too, because I've struggled here with this whole concept of dualism, good and bad, good karma, bad karma, and so forth. Um, and I don't, and, and based upon your explanation, if I'm correct here, you do not believe there is such a thing as good or bad karma. It's it just is what it is. Again, well, let, 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 let me quote Shakespeare again. Okay, because please. He said, because, because he said, nothing is good nor bad. Only thinking makes it so. Aha. Well, you know that Chinese story that I think I've shared before about the farmer and his son and the neighbor who comes over every yeah, yeah, day? Yeah, good luck, bad luck. Yeah, good Maybe. luck, bad luck. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm coming from now. I'm saying uh, it doesn't matter what happens here on this planet any more than it matters what's happening out in the cosmos or on the subatomic microscopic level. It's just, it just is. That just well, there, is. There, there I would disagree with you. Okay. Because, because um, when you say it doesn't matter, uh, where I would disagree is actually I think that it intensely matters. Okay. I think that... Um, uh, every aspect of our life um, intensely matters, but maybe that's you know just a matter of nothing is good or bad. Only thinking makes it so. But um, I, I did I did admit I did confess up front that um, uh, I, I'm a Shakespeare nut. Yes, uh, and you know there's another play Othello, and I, are you familiar with the play Othello? I am. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, you've got this this so-called evil character, Iago, who um, brings about complete destruction and, you know, the, the breakup of Othello's marriage to Desdemona and all the rest. And he's, a, he's an utterly despicable human being, you could say. And one of the characters, is, I think it's probably Othello himself, but he says, oh, the pity of it, the pity of it. And I think that if we sort of happy go lucky with the state of the world, it doesn't really matter. Uh, I think it, it, it matters enormously, in, you know, matters as, more, as much as anything. Um, and if we do allow it all to go to a hell in a handbasket, mm-hmm. the pity of it, the pity of it, um, it we're not, we're, we're here to make, to, um, it's a very simple phrase. We're here to, which I'm not sure is the correct one, but to glorify God, but to, to um, make the best of everything. I think that is, that's our calling. That's what this predestination is about. Mm. Uh, free will, you can say, gives us the choice. It gives us the choice for a limited period of time, but ultimately, in that grand scheme of predestination, it has to be perfected it ha- because it's all going back to God and it has to be perfected before it can make that uh, natural evolutionary step. So I think everything matters. 
And I, I wouldn't disagree with you the way you've explained it. Of course, when I say it doesn't matter, uh, I should have been more specific in saying that it's neither good nor bad as to what is happening. Again, as, as you quoted Shakespeare, it's all a matter of perception. Uh, and Well, I can take that in the sense of your Chinese story with, with the man, yeah. you know, the good luck, the bad luck. Mm-hmm. To, to, in other words, oh, my God, you know, the world's falling apart, maybe. But individually, do your part to ensure that that doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, and you and I both have known people in our lives who um, have been stricken with certain diseases, dysfunctions, disorders, uh, and they have uh, suffered through those. Uh, They've come, they've either, uh, and and, uh, I have to compliment Bernie Siegel, Dr. Bernie Siegel, who's been on this program many times, for his elucidating on the death of his wife. And I was chatting with him and I said, yeah, I know, I, I, transitioning is a real, uh, real interesting co- topic. You know, uh, I, 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 I uh, have talked about this many, many times to which he stopped me and he says, what do you mean, what transitioning? You know, when you talk about my wife, she didn't transition. She died. What's wrong with saying she died? And I, I loved his, his emphasis on that. Uh, but um, that's one of the things that uh, we see people, they either die by go- when they go through these conditions, or they come through them and uh, uh, they're well for a while, and then they're able to inspire others and encourage others and give them uh, the impetus to go on, to live, if you will, to live their lives, to live their life's purpose, and so on and so on and so on, uh, to mm-hmm. serve others. And that is where, when I see this kind of thing happening, for example, uh, I can share this with you, uh, that I have uh, an elder sister uh, whose breast cancer has returned and it has moved into her spine. And um, over the holidays, uh, we'll be spending the holidays together, Christmas, because we don't know if this will be the last Christmas that we as a family will spend together. But at the same time, uh, she is a very um, strong, I think, she's a very strong woman, married, has a child, has a, uh, uh, an adult, it's, it's an adult child now, who has her own two children. So my, my sister is a grandmother. And uh, she has brought into this world, through the life that my parents gave her, um, a new life and then two new lives through that life. And how they will go on to maybe carry on her legacy, as it were, if she were to uh, uh, leave this world and die sooner rather than later. <clears throat> and so I think about that in terms of, again, that whole aspect of the story of the good and the bad. Uh, and uh, it, it is really, I think Shakespeare hit it right on the head about perception. You know, mm. it's it's what you think it is. Is it, you know, I mean, my God, the sun coming up today uh, and it's uh, 65 degrees. Oh, that's bad. Well, that's a matter of perception. I think that's Indeed. pretty cool. But yeah. again, it's all beca- based upon our points of reference and how we uh, how we influence people and how we are influenced by other people. Uh, and I have to say that there's almost there, there's a there seems to be like a gray area between free will and predestination. It's almost like there's a sort of a I'm going to use the word transitioning uh, a transition phase, if you will, kind of like mm-hmm. the asteroid belt around the uh, solar system uh, that separates our free will from the predestination, the big picture. Yeah. You know, 
yeah. I think there's some kind of maybe electromagnetic force yeah. between the two. But I agree, to the phys- in the physical sense, yeah. as we understand the physical sense, they are d- disconnected, but there is, you know, there's a, an attraction and repellent going on between the two. Exactly. Reverend Paul Nugent's my guest. He is with the Aetherius Society. And uh, do does the Aetherius Society have um, worship centers of a kind? Yeah, we do. Uh, I mentioned, you know, right at the beginning, we are a church. Yes. We're, you know, we're an organization, but we're a, a, a spiritual um, organization. We have um, several, well, we have several centers around the world. Um, one closest to where you are, where I am right now, is here in Hollywood, California. Uh, and we have, I uh, think COVID sp- throwed a, did throw a spanner in the wrench, and it still is to certain extent mm-hmm. um but we have services um actually indoors and outdoors um i mean not ordinarily they always would have been indoors at least three times a week um yeah and uh, the the essence of our services um, is essentially coming back to sort of um our purpose here is to send out spiritual light spiritual energy healing uh to the world as a whole, or to humanity as a whole, and actually to the earth. I mean, when I say the world as a whole, I, I can say to the Mother Earth. Um, we send energy to the Mother Earth uh, and, and to the whole of humanity to, to invoke this higher frequency of energy, which we're all utterly capable of doing through pr- prayer is a very good way of doing it, mantra is another, um, and conditioning it with our own thoughts, our, our own love, our own feeling, uh, and transmitting it um, out into the mind belt, the ethers uh, mm. of, of, of our world. That's the gist of what the Ethereum Society is about. Mm. We're gonna, and we're going to jump into our third subject here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, we're talking with Reverend Paul Nugent of the Ethereum Society. Um, the third uh, point or uh, uh, element in this triangle, if you will, uh, that we are talking about here between predestination and uh, free will, uh, karma. And now we throw in a really uh, interesting element here, and that is reincarnation. The philosophy, as I understand it, uh, that we as individuals have lived previous lives, lives uh, potentially on this planet or elsewhere. We just don't know. But I'm going to throw one other element that you sort of kind of in a way alluded to earlier in the program. Um, it, has, it has been stated that there is a theory, and I think it's in physics, maybe it's quantum physics, that every time that we make a choice, the timeline, our timeline diverges, goes off. And that the, the, the one timeline goes one direction where we didn't make the choice or we made a different choice. And then the other one is that we made the choice. And every time we do that, it fractures off. I remember seeing a movie to that effect. It was really kind of a fascinating, mind-bending kind of concept. Uh, we won't go there quite yet, but other dimensions is another aspect of this as well, uh, if we were to incorporate that in. But I guess to keep it simple, let's just stick with 
uh, past lives. I've had a, a, a hypnosis experience, life between lives experience, where I experienced my life before this one, and then the death, and then the period between that death and the birth into this life. And I actually liked that life. That was really kind of neat. And it, it really spoke to me. It resonated with me as a farmer. I had a farm, a barn with uh, a few animals and so forth. And uh, it was really a very cool life, especially being connected with nature. So how does this element of our souls, our essence, if you will, um, shall we say, Jumping from one lifetime to the next, to the next, to the next, in terms of this aspect of karma and free will versus the the grand scheme of things, predestination. Well, I think we can say that karma makes no sense without reincarnation. Um, because what's the point? If, if there is no reincarnation, um, then it doesn't really matter what you do. Well, I suppose, dare I say, uh, Christians would, would, would argue against that. Um, you either go to heaven or you go to hell. But I can't think of anybody who is worthy of either. You mm. know. Interesting point. And, um, you know, we're all very much in in, in, in that gray area yeah. uh, you mentioned. And you also, you know, you mentioned the soul. Uh, and, you know, coming back to that sort of electromagnetic area or whatever it is, that force field between free will and predestination. Um, I think, you know, the soul, you we can't see the soul with the physical eye. Mm -hmm. We can we can intuitively sense it, it's, it's our conscience. Uh, you could say, I would say, um, it's it's got higher intelligence uh, and it, it's, it loves us with a, with a divinity that is absolute. And that soul is our individual soul, but is, itself has got that same etheric connection to spirit, which is within everything. And, in terms of reincarnation, um, what is going through that process is the soul. So it's inhabiting, I'll use the word, uh, naturally going to uh, the, a, a level of frequency that when we die, when, when, the, when the body physically dies, the soul is released and goes to a level of frequency that, uh, to which it is most and best suited, where it will inhabit an etheric body on an etheric realm, be it a higher realm um, or a lower realm. And I think that, that those realms are very largely created by the collective thought pattern of the human race we have we've created it as a thought form in the ethers that we can identify with that uh, and where we go and where we will continue to learn uh, in the evolutionary sense until it is our appropriate time 
to be reborn uh, into a physical body. And it's said that um, we actually choose the circumstances of our birth. We choose our parents because in that predestination sense, we've, we, we, there are certain lessons we need to learn. And in, on a very basic way, I sometimes liken life to a game of bingo uh, because we've all got these bingo, these all got these cards and um, I've got number four crossed off, but I need 16 and I need 22. You don't need 22 and you don't need six, uh, 16, but you do need 48. You need your set of lessons. I need my set of lessons. So we're born into a certain set of circumstances and the way I wrap my head around that, because I understand that as a theory, but how it actually plays out, because when you when you said that we choose our parents, does that mean that I forced my mother and my father to get together with or without marriage, but certainly to uh, have intercourse so that to create a, a, a fetus that into which I could be born? Mm-hmm. No, because they've got their own karmic pattern and free will, etc. So I think that the way this actually plays out is that uh, there I am on another realm. On, and, and, uh, it is physical, but it's not the same physical realm that we have here, the same physical plane. Um, and, and karmically, by my own higher judgment, it is time for me to be reborn. I think that, okay, so now I, can, I go into and see um, what vessel, what body, what set of circumstances is available to me based upon my own karmic development. My, my, uh, and, and so do I, do I in other words, it's, it's, it's like a kid going into a candy shop and one kid's got 10 bucks to spend and one's only got 50 cents. You know, you can't, and the guy with 50 cents can't pick a life that's going to be a 10 buck life. Is It's going to be a difficult life. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a difficult life because that's the nature of what his soul is determining for him based upon his karmic experience, his karmic pattern so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, to give him another go. Uh, and the, the person, I mean, it isn't in that sense. I certainly don't like to sort of use that monetary phrase, but in terms of opportunity to do more. I mean, because some children are born into into very loving, happy homes and they're given all the the best tools of life, none of which are a guarantee that that child will succeed and the one who's born into very difficult circumstances will fail. It will depend upon the the consciousness and determination of of each individual and the choices that they make. But anyway, I think that that is how reincarnation largely operates. And... um, all towards this ultimate state, what we call ascension, where we actually um, will no longer need to be uh, uh, physically on earth Mm -hmm. or even on another realm of earth. We will go to a higher, you know, you can say it's a graduation, which literally ascension is, um, so that one can go on to a higher school, go on to a university of learning if you like, upon other planets in our solar system. And it's a pretty endless journey, but it just gets more and more ecstatic um, as, as we progress, as we evolve. Uh, it is truly fascinating uh, from my perspective to contemplate these different aspects. Uh, and um, uh, I, I, 
I am I have always been intrigued uh, by the the aspect in the transition period between one life and the next. Uh, this is the way it has been phrased, and and I, I I'm curious as to the Aetherius Society's perspective on this. Uh, the um, the aspect that we we sign a contract to have these, as you referred to, have these certain experiences so that we can learn these certain lessons. Uh, but I've also heard it said that even after you have come into this life here as a mortal on this planet in particular, that there is a way that one can, even while living this life under that contract, they can, in a manner of speaking, renegotiate the terms of that contract, i.e., using your example of the $10 candy store guy and the 50-cent candy store guy, uh, I can say, you know what, um, no, I, I, I don't need that. I, I don't really want to do that. I want to be the $10 guy mm. or at least the $5 guy. Okay. Mm. Uh, and so I want to, um, I want to change change the contract. Uh, and I've heard it said that one can do that. Is that, is that something that uh, the Aetherius uh, uh, Society uh, has a perspective on? Well, yes and no, Richard. Uh, <laughs> um, because, you know, everything, again, everything changes and everything is changeable, but everything is only changeable under the karmic law. So to make your 50 cents into $5 or even $10, um, it has to be earned. Mm. If you, it ha it's not just, oh, sure, whatever, mate, you know. Right. Yeah, take the five bucks. It, it's just karmically not allowed. Right. But, but the, 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 the 50 cents kid, upon being born into very challenging circumstances, if it... Uh, he, you know, makes some some dramatic change in his own life and realizes, no, I, 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 I'm not going to do that just because I'm in a gang and the gang are telling me to do that. No, I know, and you know, if he gets in touch with his intuitive uh, consciousness and, and, and intuition that tells him that knows that that action is wrong and says, no, I want to try hard at school. I want to get on in life. I want to make my life into being something of value and meaning. Um, absolutely, that kid can do that uh, and will be given all the help of creation. You know, mm -hmm. this is how a karma comes in to help. Um, and yeah, then he will turn. It is, it is literally, you can say, Jesus' parable of the talents uh, and make it into something far more. So, no, I don't think you can just re reject the 50 cents. Oh, I don't want that. I want the five bucks. Mm -hmm. No, we create it. Right. Recreate it. And yes, everything is changeable in that sense. And it goes to that one phrase I've heard time and time and time and time and time and time again. We create our own reality. And our reality here is, of course, that we are talking with Reverend Paul Nugent. He is with the Aetherius Society, the Aetherius Church, uh, here in California in particular, there in Hollywood. Uh, we will be linked to the website of the Aetherius Society so that you folks can find out more about the work that they are doing and uh, maybe get involved in uh, whatever capacity. Learn more uh, about uh, um, uh, uh, Yogi King and uh, the work that uh, he has brought, the 
and so forth. And uh, we are uh, most appreciative of uh, of the work that he has done that has uh, basically elucidated and enlightened us in uh, in this particular program. And Paul, we are greatly appreciative of your participation here in Tell Me Your Story. Well, thank you very much, Richard. And I couldn't tell it to you without you asking me to be on your show and asking, you know, having this wonderful conversation. And this is Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, we are going to ask you, Reverend Paul Nugent, those three final questions. I've asked you twice before, and yeah. actually the first two times, the answers were different both times. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you again, but I am going to... That's called re- living in the moment, Richard. There you go. There you go. Let's live in the moment. Uh, and I'm going to let our listeners know, and our viewers that this program is here Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., 9 a.m. on Wednesday mornings for the special edition of Tell Me Your Story. We are also on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations. And we are also on YouTube where you can watch these videos. Uh, The channel is Tell Me Your Story, Richard Dugan. Just make sure you look for the guy with with the black hat. Sort of black, brown, whatever color that is, with the hat. Just just look for the guy with the hat. And I uh, hope that you will do that. And also, if you can support the work that we are doing here financially, we'd greatly appreciate that. We do have a PayPal account. It's for your security as well as ours. And we ask that you uh, go to PayPal and uh, send us whatever you can, whatever you can afford. Uh, we'll take energetic support, too. But when you're there at PayPal and you hit the send, it's going to ask you for an email address to send it to, and it would be... Richard at RichardDugan.com. That's Richard at RichardDugan.com. And we are grateful, ever so grateful, for uh, all of the support we have received and will receive from those who are listening and watching Tell Me Your Story. We also ask you to participate in the Decade of Perfect Vision, the 2020s, as we ask you to go within to that quiet, still, calm, peaceful place and listen to that still, small voice of guidance and inspiration. And uh, we hope that you will spend time doing that, even if you just spend a minute or two doing it. Uh, it'll be well worth the time that you do spend. And with that, we're going to now ask our final three questions. We ask every program. And the first of those three is, who is Reverend Paul Nugent? An evolving soul. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? Greater enlightenment for all. And finally, what is your life's purpose? Be at peace when I die. Couldn't agree with you more. My death on my last life was putting my feet up on the rail, pip, kicking my hat back and going, been a good life. And I died. <laughs> it was that simple. And uh, this was uh, very, uh, very informative, enlightening and very simple. It only took us an hour, but uh, it was a lot of fun. And I thank you again for joining us. Thank you, Richard. My absolute pleasure. And I thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we give you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast podcast videocast, love to lol.